Any news on Gaines? We're working on it. We're letting him see us, letting him know we're interested. You're wired. Not bad. I came here from a coke buy. You're not taking your work home at night. Oh, I'm so sick of the drawers club I could puke. And then you get home and the same damn people lying on the couch or banging on the door to get in. That's not what I mean. I know. But it's a fine line, Dodd. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. I, I was just curious what you would do at all. So well, I, I wish I could do it over because I could do a way better Pee Wee Herman. Do it. We'll wait see, for let you. See, let me see. Let me channel up my Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? That's pretty good. It's not high enough. It, it's still pretty good. I rewatched a uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Pee Wee. There's a clip that I rewatched apparently from a Saturday Night Live back in. I missed a lot of the Adam Adam uh, or Andy Samberg. Uh, uh, SNLs because we were doing movies at that time but I remember when it was happening because remember when the dick in the box thing happened on the set people were bringing the video in you gotta see this shit this was on and we were on set when that happened but apparently Pee Wee had gone on with Adam uh, Andy Samberg and they just went out doing shots and, and it was like a three minute clip of him just going and doing debauchery and uh, hitting Anderson Cooper in the head with a, a chair what and, year was this uh, we were 2008 yeah it was, must have been like 2006 2007 or something like that and, and the clip is hilarious so yeah, well, I'm all deeply. It, this one hurt a little harder than most of these celebrity ones because I had a deep connection since I was a little kid to uh, Pee Wee Herman, to Paul Rubens in particular. I remember like racing through my paper route when I was uh, up in Ma- Mansfield just to get home to watch uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse on Saturday mornings because it, it would come right on the cusp when I finished. So I would leave a half hour early to be get, able to get home. I'm not sure why I didn't record it. Maybe this was even before we had VCRs. Maybe. But. Man, I loved Pee Wee Herman. When I, I loved Pee Wee Herman. I loved Paul Rubens. I'd have to reread this, but I'm pretty sure he did this as a stage production for yeah. a couple of years before they picked him up. Oh, yeah. I saw a video like, of it. I rented it at uh, Video Junction back in the day. I remember I used to rent Gallagher, and I would, uh, and there was a little kind of more family-friendly stand-up that I would rent, but one of them was his, and it, it would have... It was like one part Carrot Top, one part yeah, character. Yes, and it was him in all one yeah. room with a big... Uh, Set with It was almost... Props. It was exactly Carrot Top, to Except, be honest with you. He was a prop comic, and he would just pick things up. Remember he had <laughs> the frog that he flipped upside down and Watch the legs this. were going crazy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was... He had a lot of really funny stuff. And then remember he went and did Pee-wee's Playhouse on Broadway, which was a great uh, production. I saw the... Uh, they made it into a movie and released on like Netflix or something like that. It was great. I loved it. Uh, but remember, I loved that his second resurgency with um, with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which he I've got, seen a lot he of. He got done dirty by that. He did. That was. I was thinking of that the other day. <laughs> so it, it's stupid it, and it, it upsets you, isn't me. Isn't that what you want people to be? Doing That's what that I'm saying. Shit? That's what I'm saying. Like, I hate when people bring it up. And then again, we're bringing it up. Uh, I know, but we're bringing it up in the aspect of he got uh, done wrong. He got this. done wrong. He handled it. He correctly. handled it perfectly. He he just went back out there at that MTV Movie Awards and joked about it, and uh, it was it was great. Bobcat Goldthwait does a uh, man. They were best buddies. They were best friends, man. So he's the reason why Paul Rubens was in Blow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just watched that clip the other day. The Bobcat Bob does a stand up 
skit where he talks about that there and he said he showed up and bobcat was on probation because he set the tonight show on fire remember yeah yeah, yeah yeah so he was on probation johnny depp was on probation because he got arrested for trash in a hotel room mm-hmm. and Wee herman was on probation from yeah his stuff so he walked on there and he said is anybody here not on probation yeah and johnny depp's like what do you do he's like oh, i birthed the I put the Tonight Show down. He's like, then he asked Johnny, "What did you do?" He's like, "I tore up the, I tore up the like hotel room hotel, I was in." Yeah. He's like, "But in my defense, it started it." <laughs> <laughs> and then they told, both turned to Pee Wee Herman and were like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, Fred Will it happened to Fred Willard too, and Fred Willard bounced back. He joked immediately about it. He's like, "Hey, what it happened you to Fred Willard." Yep. Yeah, I know. It happened big time to friends. Really? Willard. Yeah, they caught him. They arrested him and everything. Uh, they arrested him too. It, it, what pissed me off is that they who's didn't, doing stings in there. I, it, what pissed me off is that the cops didn't give him a break. They didn't have to go out with it public as Paul Rubens got arrested. Come on. just You could be like, oh, this guy's a decent guy. Because he lost a show for that that yeah. reason. Uh, I re-watched... We didn't lose it He because he, he, he owned it. Yeah, he apparently he said he, he was on his way again. out anyways. He, he was going to stop it. But uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was huge for me. Do you remember who oh, yeah. uh, wrote that? Um, I don't know. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman wrote the screenplay for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's pretty crazy, right? That is crazy. So uh, some of the other stuff that uh, just I guess we'll just start before I go into some of the movies of the week a little mini retrospective to Pee Wee Herman. But people obviously you're you're you've seen him in Pee Wee's Playhouse, you've seen him on uh, the Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure, but there's some minor ones. Like I said, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Check that out. Check out Blow. Uh, Big Top Pee-wee, obviously not as good as the first one, but you still got to see him do really fucking funny stuff in there. Uh, some of his TV credits, too. He came on to that Pushing Daisies for the final season and played a That's weird a character. No, the, that was the one with uh, Lee Pace where he touched the body and they uh-huh. would come alive oh, for a okay. minute and tell him what happened to him and then oh, they would okay. die again in a minute. Or, or if you didn't retouch him, I someone else near him was, was a pretty cool It was a great premise, premise but... Uh, uh, they canceled after three seasons. Uh, Paul Rubens played a great character in one of my favorite um, Everybody Loves Raymond episodes. So he made it around, man. I, I'm glad that he got to have that, that his career didn't end because of something so fucking stupid. They uh, had, so obviously a lot of his stuff is, is trending right now. Yeah. They that had stuff. They I had an old him. interview with him, and they it was like the first interview he had ever done using his own voice. Oh, really? After he had been famous for years and years and years and years wow. and years. He always did it as Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And so this was like the first ABC, and he just sat there and in his own voice. That must have been weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was weird when Bobcat started doing it, but Bobcat really turned on it in a, like, uh, Lars Ulrich type of way, where he was like, I'm not doing that fucking voice anymore, and stop asking me to We're do glad it. he stopped doing uh, that voice, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was good for that he character. Uh, he's a director now. He directs a lot oh, yeah. of, like, indie stuff and everything, so. He was, uh, last time I saw him, he was thin as hell oh yeah he's just i think he's just a vegan and just eating healthy right. and we're used to him being fat ass bobcat for all those years like yeah paul rubin stayed thin the whole time he's I, one of those actors revealed. if people don't like him i i don't have to ask why i just yeah. know uh it hasn't been revealed what type of cancer he's he had yet and i'm surprised that they should really put that I'm forefront glad he kept it quiet though yeah i mean i can i can understand it you just have to because t- you i mean you'll be answering questions about it forever yeah. It, you don't want to be that your last, because six years, he, he also didn't know if the, he was just going to beat it, it, probably. Yeah. And then why did you, I no one wants to be the spokesman of certain things. Uh, 
so I can respect how he went out and everything, but I'm surprised he hasn't mentioned if it was like prostate cancer. People out there, get your prostate checked. Look at me as an example for someone who doesn't. I don't, I don't know what it was, but uh, I'll, I'm sure we'll find out in the next couple of weeks what kind of prostate uh, cancer he had. Also, shout out to that young kid from uh, Euphoria. I watched the first two seasons him, of Euphoria, and he was phenomenal. Like, uh, I think he, he definitely had some troubled uh, stuff. Did You heard about how he... he we're pretty sure. I don't sure there's accidental overdose with fentanyl. Is that what they said? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's suicide. He he, he had like a almost unnaturally close relationship with his father, and his father died a week earlier when he died than he died. So oh, I think he killed, I think he killed himself uh, because his his dad was gone. He lasted about a week without him, and then he took his own life. So and it, that's a shame, man. I mean, not only because he was so young, but he was uh, uber talented. If you watch that. That first two seasons of Euphoria, that's what you come up with. He's like the creepy, low-key drug dealer that you're like, did they really get... It's like when they uh, cast that girl in The Wire who was breaking into all the houses. Okay. Uh, you, you know, that young girl who was actually in a gang? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was like when you saw her for the first time. She's in prison, though. Yeah. Well, the same feel, though, when you saw her for the first time, you're like, oh, this girl's a real deal. Yeah. <laughs> and same with this She guy. was the technical advisor and they yeah, moved yeah, her yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling the guy from Euphoria was that way, too, so... Uh, I watched a couple decent movies, a couple fantastic movies. Oh, no, one fantastic movie. No dog shit movies this week. Uh, did you watch anything this week in the last, uh, like, two weeks since we've been... Uh, um, a lot of golf. Just a lot of golf? Yeah, I've been... I told you off off mic, I, for those who have heard my struggles with yeah. my... I had been hitting balls for the last eight months with a broken bone in my yep. They misdiagnosed you. Yeah. God, how horrible, man. And I, Dad, they scheduled the surgery yet? I have my first consultation on the 23rd. Nice. Let but the I, healing begin. But I I ice myself three times a day, a half hour a time yeah. for the last eight months. I mean, that helped for sure. Uh, but I haven't, I've been watching a lot of golf. Um, haven't really I've watched. got like four decent movies on here, and I think they were all movies. Yeah, they all were movies that I had in that stack, which they didn't make my very good list. But... Uh, and I'll just name them because it, 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 a lot of them doesn't need to be going into. Uh, Article 99, do you remember that movie from 92 yeah. with yep. uh, uh, Ray Liotta, yeah, Kiefer yeah. Sullivan? It, it was good. You know, it was decent. Uh, I rewatched that. Uh, the Seduction, that was one of the few movies that I had not seen Who's in Terror in the Isles. Morgan oh, Fairchild. Okay. Do you remember the scenes in Mor- uh, in, when they went into the kind of the sex uh, yeah, part yeah, of yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's one guy looking through it binoculars very floaty, like, she's, feel to it. she's in the pool swimming oh okay and then she gets out and there's a great scene with her putting her hair back like on the side of the tub about to go in and it's just basically about um, a guy who's deeply obsessed with this uh, woman and just makes her life hell through the whole movie uh, I watched One Million Years BC that Raquel Welch uh-huh. kind of it was it was so interesting about she's it. on the photo on the cover oh yeah that, well that got in us like to a leather watch. skirt no it was the one where she's she's just wearing like kind of like this it's animal skins yeah it's like animal skin bikini remember it was the poster from yeah. uh, Shawshank yeah which got us to yeah, watch yeah. Shawshank the other day we went and did a rewatch of Shawshank man that's just a masterpiece it's just nothing to dislike about that uh, the story but was One great. Million Years BC it was decent I watched SFW. Do you remember that? Uh, it it stood for so fucking what, and it was Stephen Dorff, and it was like an indie movie with him and uh, 
him and Reese Witherspoon were kidnapped for like 30 days and apparently it had been live streamed to people so they were like celebrities when they left and everything but he's being a celebrity for not giving a shit like he just would talk shit to the uh, to terrorists and everything that had kidnapped him and everything and people loved him for it it was weird uh, but it was decent <laughs> uh, a couple of the ones that made my uh, the, I rewatched Best of the Best mainly because I wanted to re- to watch two and I needed a what I, is that? Best of the Best is like the karate championship movie with um uh, James Earl Jones, Eric Roberts, Chris Penn, when they're going to tournaments and everything. And it was good. It was on, as far as those types of movies go, it was definitely Did next it come level. Out in, in the time uh, when those movies 89. were popular? Yeah, yeah, so 89 was a pretty big one for it. One movie that I watched, now there's two movies that I'd like to talk about just a tad bit more than the other two. And one of them's on my very good list and one of them's on my fantastic list. And I'm not going to spoil any, either of these because they are available to watch and they came up somewhat recently. I watched... And I almost went to see this in the theater, and I wish I had. I watched 2023's Infinity Pool. Now, that's the one done by Brandon uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg's son. son. Yes. And it starred Mia Goth. It starred Alexander Skarsgård. And it was crazy, dude. I loved it. You could tell that he's channeling his dad. Can you dad. imagine being that, that oh, guy's son? And he's channeling his dad perfect. He's almost doing a better Cronenberg movie uh, now. That's how you do a Cronenberg movie. It, yeah. He, he almost did a better Cronenberg movie than Cronenberg's den, did since. Yeah, but Cronenberg's old. He phones in. Well, he, he changed his career. I mean, when when he started doing Eastern Promises and uh, A History of Violence, that was completely different than Naked Lunch and uh, in The Fly. So it, he did do a shift in his kind of career. I mean, in... The, he went back to it a little bit with that Crimes of the Future, which I actually did like, but I'm a Cronenberg guy. There's so. always a dark element to his stuff. Well, let me tell you about this Infinity Pool, and it, it's, it's very interesting, very cool concept. He, he must have walked into the pitch meeting, and they heard he, he's Cronenberg. They heard Cronenberg. <laughs> they heard Cronenberg's son. They were going to probably give it to him anyways, and then when they heard the pitch, they were like, oh, this is too good. And it stars Mia Goth, who's like the flavor of the month right now. She's great. She's from that X and that Pearl and she's going to be in Maxine, which is the third one in that trilogy. But it's her. Uh, so it's uh, Alexander Skarsgård and his girlfriend go to this like shady resort in like a not so uh, friendly country. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's the problem. <laughs> and it's in the it's in the near distant future. You don't know what's going on. And he meets Mia Goth and her boyfriend, and they go out for a day trip and everything. They spend the time drinking. They're a little weird, but they they all Talented get along. Mr. Ripley style. Uh, yeah, they all get along, and they they drink and they drink. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård has to drive them home. On the way home, he hits a guy with a car, and then they just go home. They they're like, uh, Mia Goth is like, we've been here ten times. They will rape your wife. They will come here. They will rape your, the police will rape your wife and that you will go to prison for the rest of your life. We need to get the fuck out of here. No one saw this. No one knows it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Literally the next day, they already connected it to the guy. They had rented the car. They got the, it was stupid. And they, they're talking to Alexander Skarsgård and they were like, Sounds like a setup. This is great. This is the best scene of the whole Sounds movie. Sounds like a setup. No, this is the best scene of the whole movie right here where he's talking to the, uh, the magistrate or whoever. And he's like, he's like, you you committed the the murder. It says we are going to put you to death, and it happens immediately. We're going to take you uh, in the other room. And what happens is in this country is the sons of the uh, of the man that you killed are allowed to kill you. Uh, like any way they want. And any any way they want. They're going to kill you in the other room, and we're all going to watch. And uh, and that's what's going to happen. He, he just throws up immediately. He's like, "Holy fuck, I'm I'm about fucked." He's like, "Luckily for you, this is where the f- near future thing happens." It's so brilliant too. Uh, luckily for you, we, in the spirit of tourism with your country, we have agreed to make a clone of you and we will kill him 
and do it. Then, do that shit. And he's <laughs> like, he will have all your memories. He will know what's happening to him, and you will have to watch it happen. So okay, and, and your wife. So they bring him and his wife in, and you're watching Alexander Skarsgård tied up, and this guy's kid stab him like thirty times in the stomach and everything. And they were like, "All right, you're free." But then he can't find his passport, so he has to stay there. And his wife goes home, and while he's there, Mia Goth comes back uh, into the picture and says, "Yeah." There's a group of us that have all gone through that, and they're like, it's like a support group, like a fucked up support group for people that have done crimes in the country and they've made clones of, and then they start doing it on purpose. They they start doing it on purpose in order to uh, get to watch their uh, clone die again. It, it's like this obsessive thing, and they they do this trick in the movie sometimes where you're watching people get slaughtered and you don't realize that those are the clones being slaughtered and it was just a fucking wild ride man the next one i'm talking about i can't talk as much about uh and that is that bow is afraid that's the ari aster the hereditary midsummer okay uh, joaquin phoenix fucking mind trip of a movie what is it called? Ho- bow is afraid and uh it, it's afraid? a it's crazy man it's like a three hour it's a three-hour movie, and it's wild, and it's crazy, and it's very cerebral, and a, a lot of whacked-out stuff happens. I, I off, uh, you should see it anyways. But off, uh, Mike, I could tell you some some fucking stories about it. But his he's, stuff is almost he's phenomenal. In he's it. he's phenomenal. It's just weird. It reminds me of like a P.T. Anderson movie. It's like if Ari Aster did a P.T. Anderson movie because it's very vast. He, he's got mother issues and everything, and he, but he's also got these weird things in his head where he's like... Uh, what he always th- has one or two scenes that you walk away from and like, oh, I, I wish I hadn't seen <laughs> one or two scenes. It's exactly. This doesn't have that. This is more lighthearted. It's not a horror movie. Okay. This isn't a horror movie at all. It, it's more of a fun, wild, trippy-ass ride. Yeah, you, you would like, like Fear this. and Loathing? Uh, it's just weird. <laughs> one thing happens after another and everything, and we see a lot of things from what he perceives them to be like he has problems leaving the house he all he has to do is leave the house and go outside and go to the store across the street but then when he looks out the uh the windows it looks like a war zone people are getting raped on the street people are getting slaughtered yeah nothing's happening outside so when he leaves Mm. the house he has to run and he's running and he's got some guy some completely naked guy like (laughs) off in the corner (laughs) flashing him he's got another woman who's trying to uh get money from him and he's jumping over cars just to get over I mean, there it's and, like if you tried to explain anxiety to yeah somebody. well that's what it is it's it's like a visual experience of uh someone going through <laughs> a mental illness and it's it's great and uh joaquin phoenix is really really good in it so i would be surprised if he doesn't get nominated he might get nominated for that napoleon that's coming out too so he, he's gonna have a pretty big year yeah, so those are the movies I'd seen. I was going to. See, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I still haven't seen that. Talk to me. I was going to go see Oppenheimer and had to cancel because we were uh, planning on something else, and I just haven't gone back. I would probably go they, see it. Uh, if you want to go see it, we can go see it. We can go see it next week, maybe. Yeah. The, the problem is, is they keep pushing that as long as they keep that eleven a.m. time because it was nine a.m. and then I was like nine a.m. is perfect. You know, you get out nine pieces, is good, but it, they got rid of it. They got rid of the nine a.m. showing. So then they they next one that was eleven uh, eleven twenty, which eleven twenty is doable. Uh, so that's the one we'll have to see unless they change that. I like doing stuff early. Yeah, well, that's the problem with me too, especially when it's a three-hour movie. You still get out and you feel like you have half the day left. So I had something funny. I was going to talk about it. Do Um, it. Maria sent me a screenshot. She's heard us talk. She's listened to podcasts before. She's heard us talk and uh, make fun and talk about the movie Happiness. Oh, did you watch it? (laughs) No. So she sent me this 
someone must have tweeted her and she got it. The most con- I think I'm the only one who's seen it. Most controversial movies of all time ranked by audience outrage. <laughs> and it was one in nineteen ninety eight. It was the number one on the list? Yeah. In 1998, one of the most controversial movies ever made to hit theaters, it featured a child predator that the audience was meant to sympathize with, public shootings, and a nasty ending that would never be allowed today. Even fans of the most depraved movies never actually made it to the ending, though. Are you one of these brave few who have seen the whole thing? Question mark. It was like trying to get (laughs) people to... That's really funny, too. And uh, I mean, one thing I do like about that movie is how controversial it is. I mean, that's the one thing you could say about happiness. How do you pitch this movie to someone? Oh, God. It it was, and it, it is. It's supposed to be satirical, but it is disturbing that Philip... Uh, um, I never saw the whole thing, to yeah. be honest with you, because I was always... No, nah, like, I don't even yeah. want to talk about it. Don't 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 watch it, people. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but some people, they do like it. So, I mean, it is that kind of It's big money. I don't know. It made money. Like I said, it makes every one of those lists now. Uh, I'm wondering what there else made that. There are people out there that just want to see that. I'm wondering what else was on that list, too, because it's like... If you did like that list, but horror, you could do it all day long. You know, you talk about the Cannibal Holocaust, the Green Inferno, and all those. I heard, kind of I heard a horrible ones. thing. A, a comedian said the other day. He's like, me and my friends, when we were kids, we used to take acid and watch Faces of Death. Oh, that's crazy. Because back then you thought it was real too, and it was, most of it and, was and, real, and some of it was. Some of it was. Some of it was fo- was camera, found footage. Yeah, it just true. I know cam- it was real because we, uh, like that guy who committed suicide, yeah. on camera. Uh, people watched that. That happened in Jersey, so a lot of people still talk yeah, about yeah. that scene. The bud, something bud. Uh, I've been getting VHS, old horror VHS uh, tapes to line the back of my collectible shelves because it looks awesome with the collectibles in front of it. And I'm you talking about the jackets. Uh, the, yeah. Like the covers, but yeah. with the tapes in it and everything, you can get them for fairly you cheap. You don't even have to tell people. Well, there's certain movie. movies like the return of living dead's 200 bucks all day long on VHS. I'm buying ones that are like $10 and under, but they're very big movies too. Like phantasm two and night nightmare on Elm street three. I had to pay 20 bucks for because those nightmare on Elm streets are very collectible. Um, but man, I would like to have one of those Faces of Death covers and just not put it oh, in. Yeah. I think it's Faces of Death covers. Those were like infamous when we were walking that aisle uh, at like Video Junction. You were like, there it is. Was like, I I had a couple kids that tried to rent them from me when I worked at the was video that a store. Seventies movie, like seventy nine, yeah, eighty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right in there, maybe early eighties, eighty one, eighty two. I bet because they still were. They did a lot of weird stuff in the seventies, like yeah. exploitation movies, and oh yeah, that that were. But I worked at a video store for like a year and a half. And I remember one day two like nine-year-old kids tried to rent it really? and everything. Brought it up to me with big smiles on their faces too. They knew they were going to get shot down. I was like, I can't rent you this. He says, oh, my mom doesn't care. I said, yeah, well, bring your mom up here and then I can, uh, I'll can yeah. i rent it to her. Cause I used to always Nice try, try though. I used to tell them too. Nice try though. I can appreciate it. I, I used to try when you're in your kid, you're like, what movie I know that has nudity in it that no, no one remembers or realizes? Yeah. Like Caddyshack was always that movie. Like no one would not rent me Caddyshack if I was when I was fourteen and brought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Even the, though it was an R-rated movie. Yeah, those like, are a lot of ones that have like hidden nudity. And yeah. Obviously, if you go up there with Revenge of the Nerds or Porky, shooting too high, man. Yeah, you got to go with that, just no. one of the guys. Yeah, even just, just one, one of the guys. guys has that that salacious cover with her yeah, covering, her, covering boobs. her boobs. You can't have a not salacious. Co- yeah, you can't have a salacious cover. Uh, but what today we're going to talk about, this is a fantastic movie that uh, Dave and I are both huge fans of, and it's going to be great to talk about, is 1991's Rush, 
which comes up late in the IMDb kind of list because of the new, that uh, car racing movie Rush that Ron Howard yeah. did, which was actually quite good. And there's another movie called Rush. There's several movies called Rush. I was it was like the about fifth that one that came like, down the list. I was like, I was yeah, like, they must not like. Could you you couldn't name your movie E.T. Yeah, this is one that always seems. I, I'm always surprised that I. I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. You think they have, but I have not come across a lot of people that have seen it. It seems like it's kind of a forgotten gem. Directed and written by women, too. Uh, I just love this movie. The, the only thing that gets a little too much after a while, for me personally, is the Eric Clapton score. No, notorious rapist. Not rapist, sorry. Notorious racist. Sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> Almost as bad, but uh, not quite. Who would get uh, more offended than you call the other? I know. <laughs> racist out there like, hey! <laughs> He's a scumbag, man. Look it up. I is mean, he a scumbag? He, oh, man. I, he went on a I drunk- stopped liking him... Years and years and years and years ago. He's even got worse at his old age, like most people do. But in the 70s, he he got drunk on stage and screamed at, like, black people, get out of our country. What? We got to keep Britain white. And he he even said, raise your hand if you're not from this country. And then he's, and people were raising their hand. He's like, get the fuck out. We don't want you here. He's like, seriously, leave the hall right now. And I'm like, whoa, dude. (laughs) And it was, uh, I guess it stemmed a movement, like an anti-racist movement back in, like, the 70s. 70s was because of that event and apparently just that became still, kind of a still going scum. on today folks who, who who there was some weird philandering between him and george harrison's wife who had her first there was some weird thing about that do you remember that i think he eric clapton did eric clapton was married to her first and then george well, harrison i, I can't yeah, be for sure but i weird about that she was with him when he when he died so yeah. I knew there was a weird kind of connect there and everything, but that might be the only thing that, other than that, I freaking love this movie. Why don't you get, before I go into the cast, why don't you get, give me the, uh, the log line? Oh, undercover, a veteran undercover takes a, a newbie under his wing and they try to expose the small town of Catalan, Texas to overrun drug dealing. All while being hmm. addicted on it themselves. All the while being addicted on and it themselves. And we knew it straight up. That's what's really crazy is he basically, and we're going to get into this. I don't want to get too far into it. But he basically, when he first had, the, the, some of the best stuff is in that first half hour when he's when he's talking with her. Mm. And he, he's explained to her what's going to happen and everything. He basically tells her, you're going to be a junkie. He says, do you like yeah. it too much? Yeah, I like it too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. Uh so the cast here, the cast is phenomenal, man. And another person, not only is this an unforgotten gem, man, people do not appreciate Jason Patrick as much as he's, he he should be appreciated. Just for a few movies in general, I know he's done some crap out there. Two move, two of the worst. Movies. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen anything that he did crap in. Yeah, two of the worst very, movies ever made. I probably didn't watch in. him though. One was the Alamo. Oh, I didn't see it. Horror. I saw it in a theater. We were looking around at each other being like, how did they fuck this up? I, I could not believe they fucked it up. Is I that was the like, one with uh, Billy Bob? Billy Bob Thornton. They should yeah. not have fucked it up. This should have been a slam dunk, and they just it was badly directed, badly written. It was horrible. Uh, and the other one was Speed 2. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Speed 2 has got to be on everyone's list of the top 10 worst movies yeah. of all time. It, it's really bad. But you can't turn down that paycheck. Yep. But on the reverse side, Lost Boys, Rush... And what I kind of look Rush as part two. I look as Rush Part Two is yeah. Narc, it uh, which could I, literally just be him yep. moved to Detroit after his Texas thing. <laughs> Spoiler: If he hadn't died at the end of this, That's that true. would have happened. But uh, Sleepers also is a very great uncut. Wasn't he uh, in? Uh, wasn't he in the remake of uh, Flatliners? No. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think anybody big was in that movie, other than. Uh, 
uh, Elliot Page was on there before he had transitioned, but uh, I don't think there was... There must have been a big star in that movie. I heard nothing but crap about that movie, though. Uh, also with Jason Patrick, was so he, was in, uh, he was in Geronimo, which I hadn't seen. But Sleepers is great. That's one of Mom's favorite movies that she discovered later in life. I think I, I lent it to her, and she's like, and she's watched it like four or five times already. It's a really great movie. And it, it started the career of Kevin Bacon playing kind of shady-ass characters i taught you guys how to be men do you remember, do you remember the, sleepers yeah. oh god the, the doppelganger his doppelganger is the guy from tombstone that was the actor oh billy zane yeah you think he looks like billy zane yeah uh yeah maybe at certain times billy zane got bald at one point and just kind of adopted that look so i kind of always thinking that uh also in this movie one of the best things she's ever done and i don't I'm going to list these movies here, and I, I, I got to pose you this question: Is is Jennifer Jason Lee one of our best actresses? Because she has been in banger after banger, man. Let me just list the credits because we all know who Jennifer Jason Lee is: Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Easy Money, The Hitcher, Miami Blues, Backdraft, Rush, Single White Female, The Hudsucker Proxy, Dolores Claiborne, Existence, The Man Who Wasn't There, Road to Perdition, The Machinist, The Hateful Eight, Morgan, Good Time, and Annihilation. Man, it's a good resume. She is fucking killing it, man. I never realized that she's probably one of my favorite actors. It's one of those kind of epiphanies that I have later in life is that Jennifer Jason Leigh is one of my favorite actresses because all those movies are awesome. I own all those movies. And even the later ones, like uh, obviously she got the uh, Academy Award nomination for Hateful Eight and deservedly so. She played a fucking character in that movie. Didn't she do a TV show for a while too? TV show, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Not that I know of. I don't think so. Uh, But... The three last movies on here, Morgan, Good Time, which is the one I, I'm waiting for Justin to watch, uh, and I forgot she was in it, to be honest with you, and then Annihilation, which I love. That's another one that me and Justin uh, tout a lot as being a really great movie. It's the same guy did uh, Ex Machina, and it's got Natalie Portman in it. Really good. Uh, another one of our favorite actors, which he's always a presence in our life, but I, for the life of me, I can't realize why is Sam Elliott. You know, Sam Elliott did not do a whole lot of shit. You know, no. I'm looking at his his thing, and I was like, did he just? He was just that he powerful just happened, of an actor. Because yeah. one of his first movies, he had, he did two small bit roles in like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in that horror movie Frogs, which was horrible. And basically, his first on camera kind of resurgence to everyone knew who he was was Mask. When he dated yeah. Sharon. That was a great character. He was the guy that yep. Rocky Dennis loved. He was the motorcycle guy. He came in. He was cool as shit. I mean, he's a presence. That's what it was. Because then he did Shakedown. Uh, he did Fatal Beauty. Remember, was it Fatal Beauty or Shakedown? But we we started watching here at the house one day. And, we're like, and it was the Whoopi Goldberg movie with him. And we were like, man, this movie's horrible. <laughs> I can't remember. It must have been Shakedown. Or maybe it's Fatal Beauty. It's one of the two was garbage. But then he did Roadhouse. And he was like, ah. Oh, Sam is back, man. And then he went on and do uh, Prancer, Rush, Gettysburg, Tombstone, and now he's he's, he's famous Gettysburg, for TV. He was really good in Gettysburg. Uh, Gettysburg he was great in. Tombstone he was great in. He's great in The Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah, I didn't put anything after Tombstone because he just kind of went on and did a whole bunch of stuff. Now he's on TV. I think he's on that Yellowstone or something like that. I mean, uh, he sort of embodies the machismo cowboy. Yep image yep like if you could turn the marlboro man like if they were saying we're going to do auditions for the marlboro man anybody want to nominate someone yeah i nominate 1999's sam Elliott. he actually handled the uh he had well, he did some, some beef what's for dinner commercial on oh. the radio it's still his voice the what's for dinner oh yeah 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 like i hear it a lot that's interesting <laughs> he had some controversy lately because he had yeah. uh he had come out against uh he had sent some derogatory things about um 
I think about trans people or about gay people or something. And then he, he apologized immediately and handled exactly how he's like, I'm an old man. I have old ways and I shouldn't have looked at it that way. And I'm going to better myself. And he handled the way he should have. The problem is you have someone that pointed it out to you. Yeah. And it wasn't like you discovered that you yeah. said something wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's to, hey, our, our, we just lost 4,000 subscribers yeah, yeah, on Twitter. Oh, shit. There's a, there is a reason that happens. That just yeah. doesn't happen for no reason. Sure. We get, it's funny because I run a YouTube channel and we're getting ready to bring on another player from, from Arthur's life that, yeah. that played with him. And he's a little raw. Like he likes to go off on tangents and say <laughs> wild things, and so he's slow playing them. He's doing That's funny. taped ones. I like we got to do a live one. That's where you make your money. He's like, he ain't ready for live. <laughs> he's like, someone might ask him the wrong question, and then I got to bleep out. You say it's like, Sam Elliott's not ready for live. Yeah. Uh, also in this movie is Greg Allman, who is a oh, presence he was man, great. and he's only done like two movies. One of them was Rush, and the other one was called Rush Week. So apparently, if you've got the word Rush in yeah. your movie, you Greg Allman is your man. Well, he's dead now, but yeah. Uh, um, the other dude uh, played the little Weasley guy. He's great. He's uh, um, that's Max Perlick. He played. Uh, was he uh, in Gleaming the Cube? Yes. He, has a, he was in a lot of childhood movies, uh, so you might know this guy. He's a very unique guy. If you type up Max, he looks Perlick, like a turtle. He does kind of look turtle. He's got a turtle look. Uh, very he's got a Mitch McConnell guy. look. Uh, this is the type of guy that we need as an actor because he's unique enough where oh, you yeah. could throw him in there and you recognize him immediately. So I mean, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah. Can't Buy Me Love, Vibes, Gleaming the Cube, Drugstore Cowboy, Rush, Cliffhanger, Maverick, House on Haunted Hill, Blow. I he's mean, got a good resume. Yeah, he's got a real good re- resume, man. Uh, also on this, the guy who played... Uh, the guy who... Uh, was he the 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 commissioner or something that prayed oh, yeah. with everybody? Mm-hmm. His name is Tony Frank. He he's in a lot of roles that you'd expect him to be in because he looks like that Texas the guy who should always yeah, be wearing bolo that, tie. that bolo ties and stuff. <laughs> and he was got famous for North Dallas Forty, Extreme Prejudice, Johnny Be Good, which I just recently saw, which is decent. Uh, talk radio, UHF, Born the Fourth of July, Young Guns Two, Rush, Perfect World, Lone Star, Varsity Blues, so a big resume for him too. Another actor in this movie that I was glad to see come in, and this was almost right before he got big, because he 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 made some moves in the uh, early '90s that he kind of cemented himself as a big star. Was William Sadler? I love William Sadler. He's a great oh, yeah. character actor. He for the first like third of his career, he played an absolute prick, an absolute scary ass prick. Because remember. He started off with Project X, the guy who wanted to kill all the fucking monkeys. <laughs> he wanted to kill all the chimps. Then he was a bad guy in K-9, hard to kill, and then Die Hard 2. He was the main bad guy in Die Hard 2. He's like doing yoga in the nude uh, at the beginning of the movie and, uh, you know, all of them in there. I mean, Not his scene Bill. was a good... His scene in this movie was very Oh, it was very powerful. good. But then he went on to do... Um, Ted Bo- Ted, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was a big thing for him, but no oh, one yeah. knew it was him. It was death. Yeah, he played Death, but no one really knew it until later on. Then he did this Rush movie, but right after Rush happened is when Trespass came out. Uh-huh. Man, I love Trespass. Yep. And then he went and did Shawshank Redemption. He was huge in Shawshank Redemption. Demon Knight. Demon Knight, he killed it. He was like, a, in the horror community, he was a superstar once Demon Knight hit. Uh, I loved him. In the, same with Billy Zane. He was so good in it. Then he went and did The Green Mile. He had been absent for a little while, but then remember he popped up in The Green Mile. He was the one that was chasing coffee. He, his little daughters were the ones that were killed. Now, one guy that he's only been in one other movie in this, but he has a, makes a super strong impression in this movie. His name is actually Special K McRae. <laughs> I guess that is not his uh, his given name, but <laughs> <laughs> he played Willie Red. He was the big black yeah. guy and uh, yeah. drug dealer in this, and my God, he killed it. My I'm not sure what that looked like on 
the script, but the way he played it where he was just super low key, you can't barely hear what he's saying to you, and he's hitting that inhale through the whole time, and it's just creepy. That was a great scene with him. He was... Uh, Poetic Justice is the other movie he was in. Uh, a lot of times you see heroin dealers. Yeah. They don't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's probably... And smart. he was a... He did it. He did it. Like, he he's was like, really I'm gonna proud hit too, about... But I would, uh, he was really proud... And that was a cool scene because... Well, don't talk about that scene quite yet. Okay. We'll, we'll work up. We're getting We're still, we're right, still right. getting through the cast and the crew. Then we'll get to that. Uh, but that is a pivotal scene. It's one of my favorites in the movie. Uh, the only other actor on this I've, worth mentioning is that uh, the motorcycle guy that uh, Max uh, Perlick brought uh, back. And he is super famous. Anyone who looks up the name Dennis Berkeley... Oh, that guy. Uh, you've, you've seen his face tons of time. Well, also he was in, in Mask. Mask. He was in Mask with Sam Elliott. Yeah, he yeah. had... Uh, That's probably how he got the job. I don't think he talked other than one word. He he like remember he talked at the very end and it made everyone cry. That's right. He was like a, almost he, a mute. He was really good. I loved. He he's the one who drove Rocky to school and then when people started giving him shit, he kind of walked towards him, just yeah. kind of bully moving him. Uh, he was in Stewardess School, which was one of my favorite kind of uh, finds of this year. What uh, is it called? Stewardess School. It's just it's a comedy. Like, yeah, it's just like um, Police Academy. But it's it's all great actors doing it at Stewart's school. I loved it. Uh, he was in No Way Out. Remember, he's the one who could who could finger uh, Kevin Costner. Remember, they brought him into okay, the yeah, building yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. Uh, he was also in Fletch Lives, An Innocent Man, The Doors. He was great. Let's eat this fucking thing. Remember the turkey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, now the crew. Like I said, there's a female, not enough female director and female writer love uh, out there. So I'm glad that this was both written and directed by females. Same person. Uh, Wasn't two different people? No, two different people. Uh, so the uh, Lily Finney Zanuck was uh, the director on the movie, and uh, this was her only film. Zanuck. Oh, I wonder if it's Zanuck. I wonder if she's uh, related to, yeah. to the Zanuck uh, brothers. Or not Lily Finney Zanuck. I'm not sure if she is. Well, Nobody this is a, uses a hyphenated well. What's name interesting about it is anything, because yeah. this is her only film, and all of her other stuff she's a producer on. So it would be a weird kind of thing if it wasn't. I didn't make that connection until I, you just said it out loud. What was so she uh, Zanuck. What's her first name? Lily L I L I Finney. Zanuck. So she was a producer on Cocoon 1 and 2, Driving Miss Daisy, and Wild Bill. Uh, I forgot to put the other woman director because that what was interesting about this is this was actually based on... Uh, let me see if I can see what the other female writer was on this. So Kim Wozencraft did the script. And this was like her first movie and it was one of her only movies. But it was based on a novel by Kevin McMillan and he uh no that's the cinematographer sorry I read that wrong Peter Dexter is the writer and he had done the novel uh for uh Wild Bill Michael the Paperboy <laughs> in God's Pocket so I thought that was interesting I had just ordered the Paperboy on uh DVD Has she uh, Lily Finney Zanuck born in, in Massachusetts previously married to Richard D. Zanuck is it part of the family? Yep. Oh, okay. He's the director, I think. Richard Zanuck. Uh, Richard Zanuck. Well, who's the one who did Jaws? One of the Jaws, um, that might have been David Zanuck. There was so many of them, Were there more than one Zanuck? Yeah, so, I think there were several of them. Richard Zanuck, he was the producer-manager known for Driving Miss Daisy, Jaws. Yeah, so, and you said that's her husband? That or? was her husband. Okay. so his, She was his third wife. Or gotcha. Him. Oh, well, that's her connect there. Uh so let's go to the cinematographer. Kenneth McMillan was the cinematographer. The only other stuff on his list that were very recognizable was King Ralph, Rush, and Of Mice and Men. Love Of Mice and Men. That was a great, 
Uh, loved King Ralph. Uh, you loved King Ralph. It was fun. I, I own it. it I, I own good. it, but I haven't watched it in a long there's time. A, the, there's a lot of stupid movies, and yeah. that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. We were watching. Stupid. We watched Kingpin the other night because uh, I heard they're they're doing a remake or doing a sequel to it. Where Woody? Because it would make sense. I had sense such a crush on that. I, oh, I had Angel? such a crush Ooh. on Vanessa Angel. Even when she did the TV show, uh, Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yeah. Like, that's a good that. trivia. That Weird Science trivia. She was in Spies Like Us, right? Yep. That's yeah. that's where it started for me. Um, but she, um, that TV show and that movie, uh, were perfect. Yeah, they were both perfect. of them were perfect. I would have loved to have her in the uh, Kelly LeBrock role. To be honest with you, oh, I yeah, thought yeah, she yeah. was better. And Kelly LeBrock was kind of the flavor of the week for yeah, she year was, she was decade or whatever. Uh, and composer of the film Eric Clapton, who was famous for doing all four Lethal Weapon movies and being a dick and being a dick <laughs> <laughs> and possibly stealing George Harrison's wife. Uh, I met him briefly. Clapton? Yeah. Really? At, um, was it a golf thing? or? So, well, I was working with John Christian at the golf in Foxborough Country Club, and a big group of people came in. We want to play golf. This is private I remember club. this is how you got tickets. And he, we, he said, we're here with Eric Clapton. We're the crew road manager. We got three groups. A so lot of people love to do that, man. The guy in the pro shop, he pulled me and John over. He's like, well, don't tell the owners, members, whatever. I'm going to let these guys out. Here's carts. They had already... He had already... He went and brought them their money back because he yeah. took money out there. He said, go to the window. There's going to be like eight front row, tenth row seats yeah. for th- all three nights. Yeah. So he took two nights and gave me and John the other night. You had front row seats to that? I never knew you yeah. had front row seats. And, and Clapton came out early and yeah. was like talking to everybody Who did he play with? Row. It was just him? It was just him. All right. And he probably, and this was, it was like three hours 90, 89, 89? It was, it was like the 19... 90 like so he was killing it this was like uh then this was 91 so this was probably before the insufferable uh tears in heaven died and he wrote that song yeah he became famous his son fell out of an open five-story window (sighs) yeah like with the babysitter it opened or something yeah oh god it's like the beginning of antichrist uh (laughs) so the release date for rush january 17th 1992 filming locations was all over houston texas the budget for the movie was seventeen million dollars, and this is why it kind of got rough for I, um, I'm assuming the uh, the crew and people involved. So the budget was seventeen million. The worldwide gross was seven point two million. Ooh, lost ten million. Uh, but I mean, it, that's a lot of money for this movie. Yeah, wonder why they spent. I don't so know where the seventeen money. million went because it wasn't for the actors. These actors are all small. And it was. At this it time. had a. We could have filmed this fucking thing for a million. So I, uh, the the one thing I like about this movie, it really I and I. I was never in Texas in the 80s. Yeah, it gave a feel. You had a feel. It had the the whole soundtrack was way beyond Clapton. Clapton was only like a couple yeah, of yeah, songs. Yeah. The rest it was guitar, of it which was good. was like, well, they had Jeff Healy, the yeah. real Jeff Healy, was the blind guy that they were throwing. Well, well that's, that's, that's Roadhouse. That's, that's Roadhouse, yeah. But it had, um, th- there's people famous in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was several bands playing, and then uh, I don't think Allman gave any music to it and everything. But Clapton was the composer, though. I mean, so he he definitely put it all together. Uh, so the trivia, the trivia is not much. So we can go right into the movie here. But I'll, I'll mention the trivia. So Jason Pack, Patrick actually did shoot up for the film. He just shot up Saline. But that is some uh, commitment yeah. right there, because they could have easily cut to someone else's arm. But it allowed them to do the wide shots of him mm-hmm. doing it, and it did look good. He looked like he was fucking wired on this movie. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> then he went back. His trailer did drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Clapton was reluctant to include the song Tears in Heaven, but was convinced by the director. 
when the cast, this was just some interesting kind of story. Uh, it said when the cast gathers. You know together, what I mean when they say convinced by the director? Yeah. I got more money. Yeah, I got more money than you. <laughs> you want to do this movie or not? Uh, <laughs> when the cast gathered together for the first time, everyone was reluctant to speak to one another. Uh, so Sam Elliott uh, broke the ice and hand outstretched, walked over to Greg Allman and said, I have all your albums. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. And so apparently Tom Cruise turned down the lead role because he didn't like the idea of scenes involving him taking drugs, which makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, we he wouldn't have been right. For we him, don't get right. to see Tom Cruise do that often. Well, but if he had done it, this would have been a very well-known money and it would have made money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guarantee it yeah, would have yeah, made money. There's people out there that yeah, will yeah, just go to Tom. When, did, uh, when was Risky Business? Risky Business was... What year was this? 91? This was 91. Risky Business is like... 91 had a bunch of good movies. We just recently watched Risky Business last week. Mm -hmm. We had a run where we watched... And one day, one Saturday, when we just decided to be lazy, we put in Risky Business, then Adventures in Babysitting, and then 3 O'Clock High. Uh, What was 3 O'Clock High? 3 O'Clock High was the one where the kid's going to get beat up at 3 O'Clock by the the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. And uh, it was a just a cool indie movie from the uh, like 1987. It was fun as hell. I'm not sure if that's available on uh, Tubi, but that would be a great one. I know Justin's a fan of Three O'clock High. Eric loves Three O'clock High. It's one of his favorites. Uh, but yeah, as far as the movie Rush goes, man, it, it's just a great movie. I mean, obviously, it's got some uh, some downer points to it. We're dealing with drug addiction, and we're dealing with uh, th- that gang life and and getting enveloped in it. But like I said, some of the mo- some of the best stuff in this is at the very beginning of the movie, where we get to see him taking on a new partner because they get right to it. Yeah, there and people might have a problem with this, and I do for sure. In a lot of movies, with the lack of character development, we don't know who the fuck Jennifer Jason Lee was before before they she did stepped it right, on though. film. Though it, you care about her completely. It, it was a weird thing that they were able to get a, our attention and our love for that character strictly by watching what she's going through and not what she's been through. Because I question have no why idea. they would want to even put her into this role because when she came in, she was like a little kind of like school mousy schoolgirl. Oh yeah, when you're but watching she was it business, happen. she was like, "I'll do whatever it takes." Yep, and that's probably. Eighty percent of the job yeah. willing to be able to do what it takes because they know. And Sam Elliott tries to talk her out of it. So at the very beginning of the movie, Sam Elliott. What do you say? You you, you is, do horrible things and you hate yourself most of the time. Yeah, something he says like the, that. The job is gonna uh, take over you, and he yeah. says you can't let it take over you. And uh, try to talk her out of it. They had a times. pivotal scene toward the end. Yeah, when she came when and she, visits, and she's he, obviously he came to pick up, and he was like, "It's a little light." He knows they're using. Yeah, and then because he. Sees it all over her face, too. Plus, he dropped the hint that he had done this yeah. in the past. Yeah. He was Jason Patrick's character. Yeah. Since you know what the life does to you. Yeah. And so at the very beginning, he's talking to Jason Patrick and says, it's that time we got to work in a new uh, a new partner for you. And, and it's very clear from the get-go that this girl is is going to have to be like... Is going to have to be Jason Patrick's. Is going to be so much undercover that she's going to be Jason Patrick's girlfriend, and she's going to possibly get strung out. But the work is all for it, and this is what she signed up for, and she yeah. wanted something to challenge herself, and she was all for it. I mean, unfortunately, like most people that were thrown into this occasion, she, I mean, they these two fell in love with each other. They were at a right point uh, for I each mean, other. I mean, he was I think. a nightmare. He was a nightmare. He got to be a nightmare. At the very beginning, he, he was very kind of... But uh, I think he was just lucid for a little bit. Like yeah. You could tell he had just 
come off. He knew of what him. was going to happen to her. And there's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a and he probably part of us to think that man. He, he kind of he, like sold her down the river just because he knew how bad he had gone, yeah. and to allow somebody else to do the same thing. It was the one of the most realistic drug movies. Yeah, out. it's one of the more realistic. It doesn't sensationalize drugs. Nope, it's true. It shows a lot of different aspects. I played in bands for a, a decade, and when you do that, I was never like heavy into the usage lifestyle, but yeah. I was around people that were. Oh yeah, yeah. You see it all and the time. And you you were see like, what it does to them. And- I mean, I've watched people have coke on dollar bills and drop it into a rug, and they're down on the oh, yeah. rug snorting. It's great the scene rug. where she does it in the movie, man. And I'm like, I. It's like that. Hap- that oh shit yeah, happens. that shit does happen. I love when he's teaching. I have some her. stories I can't tell him. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, Patreon. Uh, I love. They are good stories. <laughs> I can't talk about them here. Some involve celebrities. Some can't involve talk- celebrities. Yep, can't talk about. Some them involve a list celebrities. Yeah, yeah, that you know that everyone who's listening has heard of. Yes. Uh, Leave it at that. They know where we live, so they probably can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anymore. Uh, the. Uh, what what's great about this, like I said, is him teaching her the things. When he's teaching yeah. her how, how to shoot up, and he's like, "This is gonna come up." Or when he's he's throwing her a bag of weed, "Roll me a joint right now." And uh, the way she pretended to hit the joint, and she's like, and he's like, "Now that shit's gonna get you killed." He yeah. says, "You can't do that." And he's like, "What?" She's like, "Well, I I was trained." He says, "No." He says, "This life is it's all real. It's our word against theirs. It's when our, they put us on the stand. It's our word against theirs. Yep. And we have to." fall into this lifestyle like when he tells her stop showering stop washing your hair your hair looks too fucking clean and even the first time he takes her out she looks green man and i'm I'm worried for her i'm like she they she is too put together she needs to she really needs to be she's lucky the first dude they met was that one dude from gleam in the cube because he was and he really liked her yeah so he missed a lot of the signals yeah for sure that first scene when he when he he sees him at the bar. He asks if he can buy some... Co- Do you want to set up the movie for more from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, basically, they're beginning trying to... Uh, Greg Ullman They're is trying to entrap drug Greg dealers. It's they want to get to Greg Ullman. They want to get to Greg Ullman. So they're... What but they're Greg Ullman is-, is unbelievably smart. He is unbelievably smart. Well, according to that one dude, he's like, he doesn't know... He doesn't deal with anybody he doesn't know from Houston. Yep. This it, is a, He was from Houston. This is his cattle in Texas, a small town. Yep. And he doesn't deal with anybody he doesn't know from Houston. Yeah. As far as anyone can see, he is just a business owner that runs this bar, yeah. and people come I mean, in there, and he's to the point where he's like nightly giving Jason. Patrick I mean, it's like looks. The Wire. You're never gonna see. You're never gonna see. Uh, I think he suspects Jason Patrick from like day frame from one. one. From one. Right, right when, right when we first Jason see him. Patrick went right up to him and asked yeah. him, and he shook his head. And he shook his head, and he keeps up with it and everything. And uh, it's it's just yeah, it's too easy. It's too easy. He's he's Greg Allman's almost got a level of confidence. Like I'm so smart, you'll never catch me. And the only reason they were able to even get him uh, kind of arrested in the first place was straight up lying. That I mean, yeah. we're, we're obviously they probably would have got away. We're from spoiling it. this whole thing. Obviously, we're hoping everyone watched it on uh, Tubi. But uh, yeah, they basically set his up at at, at the end, big time. But, Do you want to talk a couple scenes? Yeah, we we should work our way into a couple scenes. Some of the scenes that I really like, like let's talk the one with the drug dealer, because Which one? it was the the, uh, the special K McCray. Man. Okay, he he killed reminds it me of my role. friend Terrell, who worked with me at the newspaper. He yeah. used to wrestle for UF. Yeah, he looked and just he, like that. Just same build, yeah. same everything, same voice, same laid backness. I loved the character. They had him wear like a like a. A uh, maroon 
velour jumpsuit. Yeah. And he remember he had the one fingernail yep. Coke, painted Coke red, finger. his little Coke fingernail. And he's hitting his inhaler through he's the whole thing. Hitting time. his inhaler through the whole thing. But he's like he's almost acts like he ha- I don't think he had shot up yet, but you could tell that he had he had already been on some sort of downer because he was like yeah. really <laughs> laid back. It's gonna make you feel all unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or it makes you feel like you're on a cloud of titties. <laughs> And then, so he wants Jason Patrick to shoot up first. And Jason Patrick kind of Walker knew that, uh, is the guy's name, the Weasley yeah. redhead. His name Walker. He, so he Walker him sent him over there. Never go to a drug dealer's house that you've never met outside of. Like, I've been to several. Uh, I've been in situations where I've been at drug dealer's house. I have to. In, in uncomfortable situations. I've been in a couple of like, I got to say a lot of right things right now yep. in order for me no, to get out I, of here. I have to. I have too, and it uh, it's, like, it's scary, no... and your adrenaline starts, your heart starts pumping. So, I, and I don't like that feeling. I don't like that. Feeling. Well, <laughs> so I, I tell can you, just I, imagine what they were going through. I didn't create those situations. I no. just happened to be there, yep. and that that situation was. And it hits you at all at the like, same oh, point shit, where you're like, "This is going on right now." Yep, this needs my attention. <laughs> I had yeah, I had that happen. Can't tell uh, that I can't story. I can't, can't tell, tell that, that story. I can't, I can't tell one of my stories either. <laughs> but, but my goat caught me smoking weed one time <laughs> and he's like, Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was it was bad, Sid. But this this scene had that mm-hmm. feeling to it. So he, he wants he's like, I want you to shoot up. He wants Jason Patrick to shoot Which, up. He has no problem doing it. Yeah, he was going to do it. But the problem was is he wants Jennifer Jason Lee to shoot up too. And he's like, oh, she doesn't fix. And he's like, oh, I think she fixed so she don't walk out of here. Yeah. I mean, he had a good point. Why the fuck you come down here then? Yep. If you don't want to get a high tide. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And Like, why would you bring somebody? Rewatching it, I was like, you know what she should have done? She would she'd be like, I don't fix, but I'll, if you got some blow, I'll do some blow. Because she had already done a little of that. Yeah. And and that would have been all right with her probably. That. that he hindsight, just wanted to, hindsight, he wanted to see her do something. So I think he would have been. I fine mean, I think that. criminals think that cops wouldn't do drugs. Yeah. No, they they totally will. Uh, so, ooh, I got such. A, I got another great. Story. Yeah, I, I think people's uh, remind me to con- tell this story. People's when we're done, concept I, I, of entrapment, I think, has been uh, glorized by movies and stuff. Yeah. I think it's. I a watched. Lot. I've watched Law and Order. You yeah, can't. Yeah, do you that. can't do that. Oh, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, we can do what we want. But so she fixes up, and I love when he he's helping her. He says, "Yeah, help your lady out. Yeah. <laughs> help her fix." It was up. a whole atmosphere. But in one thing, that music, the Texas blues, yeah. is playing most of the whole time. Yeah. Like, there was a slow fixed, blues song. It, well, that's why playing. I had no problem with Clapton in Lethal Weapon. It's a feel. That Lethal it Weapon movie. Some of those stuff might have been Clapton playing guitar. He's a very that one wasn't talented just blues. I think it was somebody else. No, there was Clapton. other people, but no. But I mean, talent. specifically, he was credited as the composer of Rush. In in Lethal Weapon, I think it was him and somebody else. It was okay. like him and like was it Michael Kamen? I think it was him and Michael Kamen. Or, I mean, his uh, Clapton's nickname, other than Dick. <laughs> Is slow. It was an ice cream flavor. He slow would be slow and dick. dick. But he's called Slowhand because he's he's one of the only few British guitar players yeah. that ever got slow Delta Blues. White guy too. White guy. Yes. White, white British dude. Racist white British. Yeah, dude. racist white. <laughs> loving black dude. music Lo- loving from the south. Music. Oh God! Uh, another scene we should talk about is the scene with Dennis Berkeley and uh, Max Perlick when oh, yeah. they uh, yeah. when the they bring him over. So. Jason Patrick point, loses his shit. Very good. Yeah. He's good at losing his he's shit. He's great at it. And he, he does a great job of it here. And it's all kind of pemped up to him. So him and this is a little ways in the movie, rather than the middle of the movie where Jennifer Jason Lee and Jason Patrick are already buying Brian drugs, sticking them in the millennial envelopes, making notes, sending them off to uh, Sam Elliott. And they just keep doing it. You know, they don't know when it stops or when they have a case. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he kept saying through the whole movie, we don't arrest anybody until we arrest them all. Yep. And that's what's going to happen. So, when uh, the 
the character of uh, of Walker brings uh, Dennis Berkeley, the big biker guy from Mask, over. That's where shit gets tense. So he comes into the house, and you could tell it's just like a flex. You know, it's yeah. just like he's a like drug dealer being lips. dick, and then the other guy being the way he's supposed to be. And he was like, uh, Walker told me you guys were looking for... Uh, for 500 here's 500 he's like well i only got 250 he's like what the hell am i here for he says he says you got to have the whole thing or nothing at all and then he uh well he sounded like it wasn't a deal they made the deal for yeah he was trying to strong argue is what it was and then the other guy they brought is going through his mail and they're looking at they were both sketchy looking and even walker's just like standing off to the corner letting this kind of happen and then jason patrick uh takes that one the guy who's not those two guys and throws his like body through his own window of his house and breaks his head and then pulls out a gun and pulls it on Dennis Berkeley yeah. and and says don't fucking move and he says drop your weapon and he's not even going to entertain it he's like no nah, this is over and yeah. he just starts walking for the door and well, just leaves the line he uses he's like you walk in here and you look at my girl like you yep. can't decide which hole you want to stick it in yeah. first or something and it, it's just he it was an it was an overreaction, but it was almost an extreme he overreaction. A, he had a like flex on them, back. yeah. But Walker, like when when those two guys left, and it's just him and his friend, the guy, uh, the guy. Is from Walker, the you know, well, at one point, Walker, he. Well, that's afterwards. I think this is what puts it on the radar because the next time we have a scene with them, Walker comes at the house just to talk to Jennifer Jason Lee. He's got that great thing where he's talking about his watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, everything. He tells a good story, and then he. Uh, he reveals to him, he says, I wanted to talk to you alone because a lot of people are talking about uh, Jim as maybe Jim is a cop. And then uh, and he's like, I know he isn't. Uh, I know he isn't, but that's what people are saying. And Jennifer Jason Lee's like, well, let me go get Jim. He's in the other room. And, and so he brings Jason Patrick in and Jennifer Jason Lee says, uh, Walker's saying you're that, uh, that, that you're a cop. And everything, and uh, you're—I love as a viewer, as a viewer, you're waiting for him to to deny the whole thing. And yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I am a cop, and you're fucked." Yeah, <laughs> type of situation, and he can't believe it. He is like dismal. He's like, he's such a great fun well, character he up until this point. He, he, he's really good in this movie. He's probably the best. That, he makes uh, that an arc change too. So. It's probably the best he's ever been because he usually is that goofy yeah, friend off, and everything. But we get to see him play yeah. one way through half the movie and the other way he is just depressed all the way yeah. to the end. Well, so the next scene is him and he turns the phone around. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're going to make a call. Yeah. And then he gets on the phone. He's like, how much of Mr. Walker's ass do we own? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. we got him. Oh, to Sam Elliott? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they meet at the car. And oh, like, it's uncomfortable. You just you can tell that he is just he's fucked his life up. He he's he doesn't want to leave town. He's from this. But town. He's from. He grew up there. He grew and up there. He's friends. not leaving. Like and, he was thinking it was a good fun party time. Yep. That's the problem with doing drugs. You do, you lose your perspective on. So then they get. Uh, I mean they they keep falling down and down into this drug. They get hugely addicted like i like you said jennifer jason lee is on the carpet in her pajamas looking for dope on the ground and then he comes in and uh they just have that kind of we don't have any weed but maybe we'll use sex as something that will yeah. kind of get us over it so he like and it, it wasn't like a rape it was consensual where he just where it was uh, where she just he bends her over and pulls her uh, pants down and just has sex with her right there just yeah. for a almost for either of them to feel something because yeah. they were feeling nothing at that point and uh that brings that point brings you into the guy from Shawshank. Yeah. So, oh, so she goes scene. she goes on her own. Yeah. 
So it's a, I guess it's somebody that she's been buying. No, she didn't know. Walker. This guy. Walker said. Set him up uh, again. Says I got, uh, I got some guy, guy who's got these blues. Uh, we blue assume pills. it's ecstasy. Yeah. Like the way they. So he goes and he's like, he's like. Got some weird ass outline tattoos. He's wearing overalls with nothing underneath yeah, it. No and underwear. You could, no and they they show it when he like sits down. You could see that they're showing where his underwear would be. Yeah, and it's like oh, and this so guy's just he's in a garage like making this stuff. Yeah, and uh, he shows up and uh, he says, "You want a beer?" And she yeah. says, "Sure." And he pulls the beer out of the cabinet. Remember? Yeah. And he's like, "I keep everything at room temperature." Room temperature. <laughs> It's just a, it's one of the more uncomfortable Super scenes creepy. with him, and he's she's like I I I'll take a hundred, and she's like well I've been Walker I, told I me told you'd me. have you'd want more. He says no, I'll, I'll just take a hundred. So then he just fists him. You know he, he puts it in the things. He's like that feels like a hundred. Do you want like, me to okay. count them? She's like no, I believe you. He's like and, really? And then he <laughs> splits one in half, and he's like come on baby, let's get fucked up. And you can and tell she that she recoiled like she recoiled, but she realized if I want to get out of here, yeah. I'm gonna have to take this. So she takes it. But then she he she finally no she, he makes a no, move or he he sees that she's scared and he's like Namaste or something and put maybe next time he lets her go yeah but, um, the, but the drive but home was an eventful she, one he even said something like that enjoy yeah, your enjoy uh, your drive I think you're uh, he said it in a weird or, way enjoy your uh, your your automotive or uh, experience your experience or something because <laughs> she stops halfway through right and gets on the payphone yeah she was seeing up. light trails they were showing they did a great job I've never done that drug but yeah. Like, yeah, you I shouldn't can be imagine, driving. I can imagine, driving. I can imagine those types of drugs would no, make reality it's, it's a not, difficult thing to deal with. It, that's what the problem is with those pills that you can just split in half like capsules. Well, you never know what they're you in You don't know either. what's in it. Or it was time released and you just made yeah. it a lot stronger. Uh, like, like how most powdery drugs these days you can't take because of fentanyl. I don't take drugs. No, I mean, that's the... They didn't grow out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, the surefire Ibuprofen to, is... I will take ibuprofen, anti-inflammatory. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And the the problem is, yeah, she doesn't know what she took. So, whatever she took, she got she made it to the payphone enough to be able to make a phone call and then get picked up and everything. But now at this point, Sam Elliott knows she's all fucked up. Knows Jason Patrick's fucked up. Shows up the house. The house has got like no furniture in it. He just crawls yeah. out of the bedroom like he's crawling out of a fucking cave. Oh, and then there's another great scene coming up if you want to talk about Which one? when they go and see the the um, the police commissioner. Oh they, yeah, they, saw, they all hold they hands. Saw, well, they saw. His tracks. Yep. He was like, um, what's his name? Sam Elliott. Elliott was like, "What? let me see what. It's like, we got a problem here. Tell me what the, problem, like, is. Tell, tell me what the problem is. And they show the so, guy his arm and they were like, well, we have to kind of fix this problem here. And but he wasn't like, stop. No, he's like. He, he had a hard on to get. This is what. He basically mm-hmm. tells them, I don't care what you have to do to get yeah. this guy off the street. Hint, hint. Do whatever yeah. the fuck you need to because this is what has to happen. So, and that's exactly what they have. And they falsify yeah. their their records. They yeah. say that we bought from Greg, this guy they, on such we bought such from a date. Greg Ullman. And uh, prove me otherwise. But right before the trial was about to happen, someone showed up at their trailer. So they're they're held up in a trailer. Jennifer, Jason, Lee, and uh, they Jason needed to Patrick. get out of town. That's what they needed to do. I mean, or was- had police protection on there. They, Jason Patrick was basically trying to stay up with a shotgun, As a yeah, with a shotgun on his lap. And case someone showed up so what happened is they they left the one of the windows open to the trailer and someone stuck a shotgun in there and put it right up against jennifer jason lee's nose and then kind of ran it up her nose to the top of her head and she ends up pushing it away but when she pushes it away it goes off and shoots if you want to kill somebody don't don't 
announce your presence before oh, you. God. No, I think this was a warning. I think, but so. they didn't expect uh, whoever was behind that shotgun. We can. It, it wouldn't have been Greg Allman. No, Greg Allman would have hired no, no, somebody. No. He's too smart. Yeah. So we don't have know who it was. And he probably wasn't even there to kill him. He was probably just. Scared but him. whoever it was did did very specifically explain to them what they did to Jennifer Jason Lee because it comes back in the courtroom yeah. in a great scene. So basically, she pushes the gun away, but it goes off and it and it shoots Jason Patrick in like the leg. In the leg. And I think some of it might have hit his stomach no, and just everything. Just his leg. And uh, so then he runs away and she's trying to, to save his life, but he's bleeding out and he just basically dies on the fucking carpet, doesn't he? He just dies right there. Nothing, nothing seedier than an old trailer with old carpet oh, and yeah. someone they just spared no expense for the blood oh yeah yeah they had three trailers yeah. if you, you fuck it up we'll have another one you got another trailer. Uh, so then the, the scene at the courtroom which was great where she is on the stand and directly being uh, interrogated and talking about buying drugs from Greg Ullman and everything and all of a sudden Greg Ullman just he sticks his two fingers kind of against his face but he runs up he it very casual, like somebody would just be thinking that he's just thinking or he's resting over there in, uh, on the, the stand where he is. And he moves his fingers up in the exact same he way. He held his shot. fingers like a gun. He too. held his fingers like a gun, and he, he moved his fingers right up his nose, up to the top of his head, just like the shotgun had, had happened to uh, Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee. He told him to do that so he could do it later oh, yeah. in court. Well, and I don't know if that just scared the shit out of her or if she had just been done with it. Uh, she didn't want this life had already taken so much from her that she wasn't going to protect these people trying to. Um, well, I think she wanted revenge. And well, if he's if he's well, that comes the, later. If, if he's in prison, that's true. That's true. There's part of that. I I didn't really look at it that way. I looked at it like I'm not going to give any more of my life to this no, fucking I, bullshit. I, because on the stand, she's like, she's like, yep, we falsified documents. She just she she completely flipped and said uh, and basically said Greg Alban didn't do any of this stuff. But then all the other guys go free. Yep, everyone freaked out. They wanted the uh, they wanted the. Uh, there was the one scene. They were in the member when that. they were brought everybody in. Yeah, that was a cool scene. Remember when Nick, he was in the tombs? Jason Patrick Jason. went down, and everybody was in. They had Sandler oh, that's in the right. Cage. They that's had the right. big black guy in the cage. And Greg Almas just shaking his head. Yeah, he just shakes his head while while Jason Patrick walks through because he's like, "This is the extent you'd go. You'd go to being shady and lying to try to get me, and you know it's not going to work." And it didn't work. But didn't then work. the big scene at the very end, a great final shot of the film. At the very beginning of the film, they established the fact that these drunks were sleeping in the back of Greg Almas' yeah. car. They they went ahead and showed you that in the first part of the yep in the very movie. beginning of the movie. And Greg Almas pulls over because he he reaches in the back and he feels someone's head. So he pulls over and he he only has a few lines in the movie and he's like. I told you drunks not to fucking sleep in my goddamn car. And he pulls the guy out and uh, then he takes off and he leaves the guy on the side of the road. At the very end, same thing happens. Mm-hmm. He's like, God, here's a noise. He looks back there. He sees somebody. He's like, God damn it. I told you guys to get out of my fucking car. And then from the back seat, we're seeing the angle from the back seat. And when Greg Elman turns and looks to the back seat, suddenly a fucking sawed off shotgun gets lifted up and blows. It, it was cut right when it was shot, but if they had stayed on there, you would have seen three Greg more Ullman. seconds. Three more seconds. Greg Elman's face wouldn't have been, been a there. different rating of a movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because his his face got blown off. Ooh, so somebody got uh, there. Uh, I once again was it Jennifer Jason Lee? I don't think she'd have it in her to do that. But remember the remember Iceman? Oh, the Iceman, the movie. Yeah, yeah, with uh, the, Michael Shannon. They did a. They did a documentary where he just talks. Oh yeah, the old days, old the school HBO guy. one. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's like a five parter. The one thing that that he that was weird to him was he killed somebody one time by pulling up next to him in traffic yeah. with a sawed off shotgun, and he was amazed 
that the guy's head wasn't there anymore. He's yeah. like, he said, it's just all the people he killed, that's the one that yeah. stood out to him. Like, it just took, it's gone. gone. Well, that's what people say about the AR-15. They were like, if they could ever, uh, if they could ever release the photos of some of these school shootings and stuff oh, like Jesus. that, you guys would understand. He says, because these, these guns turn people to mincemeat. It's like, there's nothing there in a lot of occasions. And uh, yeah, it's scary, man. But Greg Allman <laughs> had a good, uh, that's worth it alone, just reading the script. He was like, oh, I got a good death scene at the end. Yeah. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> and like you said, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Rush, check out NARC. Uh, N-A-R-C. It's a fabulous, fabulous movie with the late, great, um, what's his name? Ray Liotta. Ray so Liotta. When I, when I oh, said earlier that so Jason good. Patrick is really good at going from zero to 60, oh. Ray Liotta. Speaking of it's Buster Rhymes, Buster Rhymes in that movie. Buster Rhymes was great, he was great in that, that movie. movie. That movie was really good. Uh, the a lot style of people don't of, like it. A lot of people don't like it. I've heard a lot of people don't like it. It's it, it's too much for some people. Well, it, the camera work was is hard to take. Opening that opening, opening scene is one of the like. If you told me what are the top ten opening scenes in movies, it's on there. Oh, nice! It's on there uh, because it's good. It's intense. It's intense. If you, okay, so if you said the top ten most intense opening scenes, yeah, there you go, there you go. That would it would definitely be in the yeah, top would my be top there. ten. Probably it might even be in my the, top five. It, it's kind of like the race that uh, that Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves had between the houses in Point Break. If it was more chaotic and ended horribly, it reminds me uh, of the beginning of Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah, it, it, and that is a kind of a good example. So you've got Jason Patrick running. Chasing this guy through the backyards. The camera is barely keeping up. Yeah. Whoever was running camera was running full sprint. Yeah, they so, told and his him camera just was just try to keep up. If it if it bobbles, if he, it bobbles. If he, sometimes you catch his feet. It's not even bobbling. It's like complete wrenching. Goes all the way down to the guy he's chasing. Goes into a playground and grabs this little kid. And remember, Jason Patrick doesn't even hesitate. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, he shit. didn't even aim either. Oh though. god, shot and one shot, woman in the hip. He didn't shot give a shit. it. Well, it ricocheted off the playground. That's right. It, Caught it, her in the hip. Got the mom in the hip, and, and she lost her baby. She was pregnant, and they had. And she took her baby to the park. And then he he goes over, he puts his hand over the wound, and he just screams. And that's how the movie starts. You're like, holy shit, what the hell am I in for here? I love yeah. Narc, man. Narc's- and then it started right out into the, obviously it was like his exit interview. Yeah. Like, they, God, I may they watch were, that they this were, weekend, They are going to get rid that's of him. It's just a, such a great movie. But the, the, uh, the weird thing is when they brought, there was a plot that they wanted to bring him back as almost like a consultant. Yeah. And I know we're talking a lot about it. <laughs> but it was... Uh, it's connected he, with Jason Patrick. It, same field of the home. Yeah, the, the, it had the same feel. Like if Jason Patrick, like if you, you said, if Jason Patrick Rush hadn't and put died, this on, you it would you felt like the character was yeah. sort of the same. Yeah, if you if you went with <clears> the mindset <throat> that maybe Jason Patrick lived at the end of Rush, yeah. this is who he would have. And become. he had a lot of regret. Yeah, and he had a lot of regret. This yeah. is what he this happened. Is, this would be yeah, that, that was story. probably the last great great Jason Patrick movie. I'd still think he has a lot of in him because he has that potential, man. Just like I said, just between Lost Boys, Rush, Sleepers, and Narc. He, he's got it for me. Uh, like I said, he, it just happens to be that he's got two or three of the worst movies ever made under his belt and people like I didn't see him, so. Yeah, see? As long as I avoid those. Don't, don't look at him. You have no need. You know what, though? I've I've come to sympathize with actors. Yeah. That well, because a lot of level, it's studio. A lot of it's studio notes. Take take your... But someone offers you a part. You don't have oh, a yeah. part. There's a lot of people you like work. that. People like... You work. You 
Who was it? I was listening to a podcast Morgan with... Morgan Freeman's uh, been in a ton of shitty movies. Damn, who did I just listen to? He was on the... Oh, Rob Corddry. You know Rob Corddry? He's the real funny guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. The guy who... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The really... The bald yeah, guy yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the, he, he was famous for a lot of... He was on Family Guy a lot. And he's done a lot of stuff. And he was just on the Fitz Dog uh, radio. And uh, he asked him, he's like, what, what have you turned down lately? It's one of his questions that he likes to ask guests. He's, he's like, I don't turn shit down. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? I'm trying to make money here. I'm an actor. Yeah. You got it. I'll do it. He's, uh, you can't turn stuff down until you read it to a certain level. You know, it was a great podcast. If people want to go check it out, uh, check out the, uh, I think it was the Two Bears, One Cave with Burt Kreischer and Segura, but Segura wasn't on it. It's uh, Burt Kreischer uh, interviewing an hour and 50 minute interview with Rob Lowe and it was fucking great. He's who you want to interview because he asked the questions. He's like, uh, he's like, Who'd, who'd you have sex with that would that would surprise me back in the day? He's like, did you have sex with Demi Moore? And Bruce Kreischer says and, uh, Yeah, Burt Kreischer. And, and, Bert Kreischer. Uh, Bert Kreischer. <laughs> and uh, Rob Lowe's like, uh, he, he's very tactable about it. He, he paused every second. He's ah, gentleman doesn't reveal those stories and everything. And along the whole way, he's been revealed all sorts of stories. So you know that's a definite. Uh, Kreischer should have just said, did you date Demi Moore? And that would have been uh, significant enough. Yeah. And he talks about, he says, back then I was living with Tom Cruise Emilio Estevez, and uh, he says there was it was outside, a four, half the it was a four apartment. Yeah, he <laughs> says that was why it was weird that we all got cast in it. He says because he was living in an apartment. It was Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, and Charlie Estevez. He said back then was Estevez. he was still uh, Estevez. He says he, they went to high school together. He yep. said he's like he was in like history class with yeah. these guys and everything. And he said he was always known as Charlie Estevez until he changed his last name to Sheen. Uh, it takes balls to have a famous name it was a fascinating to, to, for Emilio Estevez to keep his yep. to be an actor and not use the nepotism of oh, yeah. Martin Sheen it, it does a lot of people don't like Joe Hill not taking Stephen King's last name I was like okay that sounds foolish I think I'd let everyone know I'm Stephen King's yeah. son I'd have a big sign <laughs> yeah. I'd walk outside yeah. and hang it over my head yeah I'm Stephen King's son <laughs> give me money give me money uh, yeah but that was a rush man I hope everyone uh, goes back and checks it out because it was it was Never a gets, really it's timeless I watch it every couple years yep it's one of the gems of the early 90s. The 90s are uh, just now getting appreciated for a lot of their movies. Some of the best... What's great about the 90s, it's some of the best directors directing right now. It's where they were first uh, doing their first movies, like Fincher and Christopher Nolan and all, all these uh, great, great P.T. Anderson, all these awesome directors that are like some of our best directors of these days, all started in the 90s doing these... like. Movies. People were talking about. Uh, I heard somebody talking about Seven the other day and how much of a masterpiece it was, and uh, how he refused to make changes on there. And a lot of people think it's because of the turmoil he went through on Alien Three. People were like, you know, sometimes it, it it's good for these directors to have a shit experience on movies because then it puts them in a position. Them. Uh, it puts them in a position to like throw their weight around a little bit more and not uh, take that kind of garbage because there'll be a movie about Fincher's uh, kind of filming on Alien 3. It was so notoriously uh, kind of wrong by the studio. The, that? the studio just wouldn't let him do anything. They really? just let him cut everything. And they, It was similar to like the Francis Ford Coppola thing where he was just almost always getting fired. He was always getting arguments. The only thing Fincher had done at that point was music videos. That was being mentioned yeah. constantly. What the fuck do you know? You don't only do music videos and yeah, everything like that. Do your job, monkey. Yeah, come <laughs> on, man. They just like, they, uh, they just gave that's, him hell. I mean, that's why I appreciate... But, People like Corman, yeah, who stayed in their lane mostly. It's true, but then again, I go back to the idea that maybe that made Fincher a better director, and that's maybe. the reason Panic Room and Seven maybe. and yeah. Fight Club were so good. Yeah, yeah. But 
We got some good stuff coming up next couple weeks. Me and Justin are going to be talking Time Cop next week. We're going to get our Van Damme. I'm going to go out to the farm there. I'm going to check out the new house. We're going to do some Time Cop. Me and my cousin, who I usually will do a pod, a horror pod when I go up north, we're going to uh, use the uh, technology of the future and uh, use that cool app. And me and him are going to do a... Uh, a great uh, Spider Baby pod based on the old 1967 uh, Jack Hill film, and it's it's going to be a great one. That's one that people are going to be surprised how great it is and how many good stories come out of that uh, that podcast there. But uh, yeah, we got some exciting stuff coming up, uh, so you're going to stick with us. We have uh, we're going to be announcing some uh, some all the different movies on Facebook. So if you want to communicate with me and Justin on Facebook, you can do so. If you want to shoot us a message on email, it's fascinatingfilms at gmail.com. Or if you just want to leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes, we would definitely appreciate it. So until next week when me and Justin talk some Time Cop. See you. Bye. You didn't think we were the heat. What the fuck you come up here for?